Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us, and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 6 of series 3 of an Inside View podcast. We're on the ball, team building. Big shout out to Shire Baron Cafe and Clarny for the continued support. We really appreciate it guys. We have recently teamed up with Dubai-based ready-made meal company Fit Meals. They have come on board to support us here at an Inside View podcast. Their ready-made meals are excellent quality and so convenient. Head over to On The Ball Team Building or an Inside View podcast on Instagram and you'll find a discount code that you can use for Fit Meal products. This week we're delighted to be joined by Dubai-based online transformational and lifestyle coach Dara Clancy. The Irish bodybuilder and online coach is a former Irish darts underage captain. The clear man has a wealth of knowledge and is passionate about helping his clients achieve their goals. There is no doubt we have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring him on. Hi Dara, thanks for taking time out to coming on Inside View podcast. I appreciate it. How are you keeping? All good, man. All good. You know, you know the way life will be hectic. Hectic and busy hectic. and just trying to trying to survive the heat is uh, is the biggest thing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only starting now, believe me. <laughs> it's all ahead of me yet. Oh geez, dreading it, dreading it. Um Look, uh, how do you like? You have a lot going on at the moment because I know you, you, you know you're you're doing online coaching, um, which we'll we'll get into in a couple of minutes. But um, a big thing I like to kind of get an insight in would be to you know time management. How do you kind of structure your your week, especially when you're training full time yourself as well? Um, so like to be honest, the main thing really is just finding a structure that works. Like when I like when I first started out. I was terrible, you know, um, it was literally just any minute I was awake, I was kind of working and my own, my own training even went on the back foot then, you know, for about six months. Um, and it was kind of in the middle of lockdown in Ireland as well. That was, um, that was kind of when it all started, you know, I had that bit of spare time. So I was like, right, now is the time to, to be kind of kicking on with things. I knew I was always going to do it, but I just never really had the need to do it until I decided I was kind of just going to go traveling again and sure look what better thing to be doing than the online coaching. So it was always something I've been interested in for years and years, you know, um, but just never had that kick to kind of get it going. And what I did then, just obviously the first while building a business, you're going to be busy, you know, every minute you're awake, you're going to, you're going to be putting into it really. Um, and that's what happened. I was working 18, 20 hour days there at one stage. Um, yeah, I fall down my head looking at the laptop. But uh, yeah, that was kind of that was it really. I had no time management in the beginning, and as I went along, it's just getting kind of better and better with it. You know, um, working smarter, not harder, is a big thing. Um, I was doing doing check-ins kind of seven days a week, but again, doing that you wouldn't be long getting burnt out. You know, so I was kind of could have been dealing with anything up to twenty people a day, seven days a week, um, and it, it's all time consuming. You know, with doing new plans and all that as well. And from there, then I was just like, right, it's time to kind of cut back a little bit now, get my own goals back on track and kind of push on. So now at the moment, it's just kind of more working in blocks instead of 
like replying every two seconds, you know. Um, it's better off doing all your check-ins at once, doing all your new plans at once, all that kind of thing. It's just as you go along, just get better and better at it. And was it kind of, so it was kind of COVID that really sprung you into going online, really, was it? It was, to be honest, yeah. Like, it was always something I, I knew I would do. But then, obviously, with COVID, there was no gyms open or anything anyway. So even, look, if I wanted to go into the one-to-one PT side, you couldn't because the gyms were just, the gyms weren't open. Mm-hmm. So it was always going to be online was the way to go. And it was actually just down to people coming to me for advice. You know, I wasn't advertising myself as an online coach or anything. For the first while, I was just kind of taking people on for free, you know, and just giving out advice. And I was like, right, I have enough people coming to me now. I might as well start the business. Yeah, it kind of, kind of comes like that, doesn't it? And the biggest oh, thing, I suppose, is that, you know, you're, you're obviously going through the whole, you know, you went through all that transformation yourself before um, and bodybuilding and nutrition. So you can, you can speak from um, experience, you know, in, in that regard. Yeah, yeah, you can, of course. Like, it's like, yeah, you could, like, I've competed everything before, you know, I've played sports, I've played hurling, football, soccer, the whole lot. Played yeah, 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 Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was the Irish captain for darts for years. Go away. Jeez, never uh, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Played darts for a long time. Travelled world, played Belgium, World Cups, Europeans, the whole lot. That was my number one sport. Jesus, never knew that, no. Yeah, I gave it up then. A body, bit of bodybuilding. <laughs> then I ended up competing. Um, then I kind of, obviously, I was, a bit, I was a bit small compared to more of the men. I was only about 20, I think it was about 20, 21, my first competition. Um, so from there then, just, you know, it was just, I was too small, needed more muscle, muscle maturity. So I thought I'd take a bit of time off, took a couple of years off, actually moved to Canada and came home to compete again. After a couple of years, I had about, I had a good few kilos put on, like I would be doing all right. And then got injured. And then from there, took another bit of time off to, to try and grow again. It obviously nursed the injury because it was a bad one did my knee so I was out I was out for about a year I couldn't really do legs or anything for about a year and then sure COVID hit I had about 10 shows in a row cancelled with COVID Jesus, so, Jesus and like how did you you know how did you kind of approach and, and change and adopt to that as a result of you know you would have been training and focused on those upcoming shows and you would have had a clear schedule as as pointers of, of progress that must kind of really set you back did it big time you know it was it was it was a tough time you know um just from the fact that you're going from training three times a day at times, you know, when you're doing cardio twice a day, you're doing a, a weight session on top of it, your food is on point and everything, then all of a sudden, overnight, <laughs> the whole of Ireland shut down, you know. I think it was Paddy's Day last year, though. All of well, it was, yeah, it's t- two years ago, this week, yeah. This, yeah, then two what, years ago, or three years ago. Were, yeah, what happened then was they kept pushing, they wouldn't cancel the show. They are pushing it back another few weeks every now and again, you know, so... Like you from you were going from eight weeks out to twelve weeks out, and then you get closer again, and they're pushing it back again and again. And sure, you're 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 in prep for about a year, <laughs> and like you know, then it just got too much. So yeah. like, right, you know, um, I ended up moving to New Zealand. I went out to New Zealand then anyway. Did you see? Uh, so, sorry for interrupting there, um, and Derek. Did you see a change in your body, or your body kind of shutting down as a result of that? As a result of shows were putting back, and you would have been aiming to to peak for those shows. It, it was more motivation than anything, you know. <laughs> like it's hard enough to be motivated to keep doing that every day, day in, day out, and then not knowing. Like you know, I knew in the back, full well in the back of my head. So you think you're going into a show and you're trying to stay motivated, and you're you're ten weeks out or whatever, you're eight weeks out, and then boom, push back again. 
and you know it's going to keep happening and happening. It's hard to say no to like to not going for food with your friends when you can't see anyone anyway. You know, if you're in lockdown. So you're training, first of all, you're training from home. You're not even in a good gym. And then you're trying to eat healthy. Like, and the only time you can you might actually see someone is if you go to meet them for a bit of food or something. And you can't even do that. So in the end, I was just like, right, you know what? Forget about this. And um, we'll go at it again when COVID's over. Have you anything planned for for the upcoming couple of months? I actually have, would you believe? I'm um what am I? So I'm going to Sri Lanka now on Saturday. This Saturday, yeah. Then I, I'm going for 16 days and I come back then on a more or less training prep for um for a couple of shows in the UK. And I think I've won. I haven't fully finalized it yet with my own coach, but I think I'm probably going to do another one in France and Italy. So there's I'll be doing about four shows in the space, six weeks all going well. So I'm actually just finished, just finished my longest ever bulk now at this stage. So it's probably the heaviest I've ever been. So you've you've got to this stage now. So what would be the the next couple of months, the next couple of weeks for those shows? You'd be kind of just cutting down on, on calories or what's the, the structure? So the, I'll probably go into maintenance there for about a month just to get the to get the body settled in again. Um just to get the body right again. And then once once you're kind of safe, safe and settled again, like everything's healthy, because at the moment I'm pushing, I'm pushing about five and a half thousand calories a day. Like it's horrible. Like that's you know <laughs> it's hard to do it. Like this is the hardest part of actually committing to a bulk phase because I hate having body fat. And at the moment now, this is probably the most body fat I've had in in a good while. You know, I'm after doing about five, six months of, of a gaining phase. And all I can see is straight to the cheeks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And like, do, do you think that will come off quick enough over the next couple of weeks? I know, you... as, soon as, I, like, as soon as I start pulling out carbs, that should happen fairly soon, you know. Um, I, might, I don't know how many grams, I think it's like 800 grams. I, I just eat the same foods every day, you know. On a training day, I think about 800 grams of carbs a day. Um. So still, I'm not doing any cardio either. I do 10 minutes, like low impact, steady state at the moment. So once I start doing cardio and cutting the food, it'll, it'll pull off. A lot of it is just water weight and kind of and bloating, you know. And how much, um, how much litres of water would you, would you drink a day? moment I'm up around five or six like but I, diet drinks are my killer now <laughs> and caffeine you know so like my fluid intake is high but water water is about six liters a day but you you know yourself over here you need it Darren I suppose did, before we go on any further I'd like to kind of get your um your opinion because before I came over I was obviously asking you about it but how did your perception differ to the, your reality of Dubai Oh, man, I don't know. It's you know what? It's a strange one. Um, it's a funny one in the sense that there's it's like I was expecting it to be like a big one big city, you know. Yeah. But everything's just kind of plotted around the place. You know, you have the marina, you have downtown, you have DIFC, you have JLT, and like it's all run on one road, <laughs> one, one straight road, isn't it? The Shakeside Road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to turn off that, but there's no main city center. Um. So in that sense, it was a bit strange. But initially, I had only planned to really come here for 10 days. And just because obviously my business is here, my business is set up here. So I was kind of coming, just planning on coming here for about 10 days, heading back to Ireland for a while and then coming back here again. But I ended up coming here um, 
and you know yourself, it's it's slow. It can be slow to get things set up here with accounts and banks and all that kind of thing. To, like you have to go through about twenty different people to get anything sorted, and then so I ended up staying. I've been here since. Like I'm here a year, a year April. Jesus, don't be long. So I in August for a couple of weeks, and then a week at Christmas, and then yeah, I've been. Other than that, I've been I've been based in Dubai. And Dubai, just yeah. loving the life. You know, it's healthy. The gym, gyms yeah. are good. It's the, the lifestyle, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's easy here. Yeah, no, it is definitely, definitely. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say to you there that, you know, during COVID, um, obviously, look, hopefully, it's in the rear view, rear view mirror, and hopefully, by the time this podcast will go out, it won't have uh, spiked again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, looking back on it, um, what do you think you've learned from that period? Oh, just don't take anything for granted, you know. Um, from my point of view, anything, everything changed just from not being able to go to the gym, which is something that I had done probably every single day, whether it was only for 20 minutes on a, on a treadmill. Um, even that, to, to you going in three times a day on prep, you know, um, just don't take it for granted because you, you, you can't, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, like it's even with everything going on now, travel there with like the likes of Russia and all that kind of thing going on in Europe you literally don't know what's around the corner so just take it day to day really isn't it yeah it's definitely I suppose live in the moment and don't take yeah. things for granted is, is definitely the biggest uh the biggest takeaway um how did you kind of adopt your or alter your um your workout during that COVID period you know the intense lockdown um luckily enough I had a friend um who had a good bit of gym equipment like he had a good setup and he was he was he lives near me as well. So I was using that for a lot of it. But to be honest, I suffered a lot. Like I went for I probably it's I found it hard to be motivated for it. Um so to be honest, I literally just turned to study, you know, because I wasn't being as productive as I would have been in the gym. So I said, right, I have to do something to keep me sane. I don't like I don't enjoy home workouts, you know, they're just not for me. So I went kind of went down the studying route and kind of more towards setting up the business than anything. Um I started minding the food a little bit, but again, hard to be motivated. And so. in, in regards to minding the food and all that, are you or have you tried, um, you know, food prep, meal prep plans? From, there's a lot of companies over here, just out of curiosity. I, I have, but I prefer to do my own food because you know what's in it. You know, you know exactly what's in it. If like at the moment I would, I'd go in, you know, every gym over here has a cafe in it where you go in, you tell them, right, I want 200 grams of chicken. 200 grams of potato or whatever you don't know is it cooked in oil you don't know if it's actually 200 grams you don't know like you you don't know how many grams of sauces on that chicken is 200 grams whereas when you're in the likes of prep and so on or if you're trying to make a, a serious change like i'll even tell my clients this if you want to um, do stick tight to things you need to know exactly what's going into your body because you know yourself like your training day nutrition is going to be different to a rest day you know in regards carbs so all that kind of thing so like if you if you're very serious about it, obviously I would say for general population, if you can even hit like eighty percent on track for a week, you're going to make serious progress. But if you want to be the top level of any sport or to to make actually like say quick progress, even for a holiday, for a photo shoot, anything like that, you need to know exactly what you're getting in. So I always find it better to prep my own food. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Do you think the experiences of your youth shaped you into the person today? Um, if so, how? Probably in regards of just, you know, whenever I go at anything, um, 
I go hard at it. Like even from a young age playing darts, I started playing darts when I was about 14. I used to go straight home from school into my bedroom from say four till 10 every night, like six hours a day, just firing darts at the board, you know? Um, but I, and then it was pretty much the same when I went to training. Um, when I went hard, I went hard at it. You know, I wouldn't miss a day. You know, I could be out on a Saturday night and I'd be in the gym Sunday morning dying. <laughs> so it's just things like that. And then with the business, obviously trying to kick that on. Um, in the first year, did quite well, you know, got, ended up with quite a big client base. Um, and yeah, again, it was just down to, it was literally seven days a week. Every, like there wasn't a minute when I wasn't on the phone or on the laptop. Quick response is always one of my key things, you know, in regards of, of giving a good service. And it makes a big difference. I've had 100%. Some past, 100%. Uh, I, I can second that because uh, you were literally bang. Any time yeah. of the day you're back. Yeah, that's just the way it's, you know, everything. <laughs> I give everything 100%. And that was just one of the things that from a young age, um, and yeah, you know, just built up the interest and I knew it was what I wanted to do. Brilliant. And do you think there's any light bulb moment or any experience or something? Do you think something happened, you know, even in your te- teenage years that, you know, that kind of, I suppose, allowed you or guided you down the track of bodybuilding? Um, there actually was a funny one. I'll send you the picture after this. I was, it was, I was playing the World Cup of darts. And um, right, there was this, honestly, like I did, I, I think I got to the, I got to the last eight um, of the World Cup and there was a Romanian bodybuilder there. I'll show you the picture. Um, Daniel Racovino is his name. And there was more people looking at him than there was looking at the darts. You know? and I, I swear to God, massive, he's massive. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll, sh- I'll send you the picture. Then there's a funny picture of him. I was about eight stone. And there's a <laughs> there's a picture of him behind me. He's he's there tensing behind me like that. And um, he, like you can't see him. It's like literally his arms on my body. I'll show it you. It's a funny one. But that was it. Do you know that's when I realized like I was like right. That's what I want to do. I want to I want to be that kind of person. You know. I'm and from there. That's one of the last one of the last competitions I played in. Did you ever pick up the, a dart since? Did you ever kind of casually do any of the darts? Pieces. Yeah, I still do. I still love it. Like I'll watch it whenever it's on TV every Christmas. I'll be glued to it and um, played over here in McGinnigan's a few times. I have a good board out there. In, uh, is it the JVC one? J- or J- J- JLT, yeah. yeah There's yeah. a few boards on there. Other than that, I actually played. I started playing for a team over in New Zealand as well when I was over there. Jesus. And would you ever think about doing it here? Ah, no, there's no interest in it here really, is there? No, probably not. No, no, definitely not. But it's it, that's amazing. She said, I never knew that. No, obviously, my yeah. research isn't up to point. I never got that. <laughs> yeah, not many people do actually. No one normally asks why I started to do it, but that was the main reason. Yeah, the more you, you talk about it, no, I think I'm getting flashbacks that were definitely the host party and you might have been throwing darts or something at a board. Do you know, I, I, years <laughs> ago. I probably would have. I probably would have. Just, just, just thinking about it, no, yeah. But um, geez, that's, that's fascinating that you, you, you used to do darts. And do you know, when you, got, when you obviously got bigger in and bulked up, do you think it affected you in any way, you know, just throwing darts? Yeah, well, 100%. Um... Like, like after a good like if you train arms well your triceps are sore so your arm would be locking and everything you know but that was just the sacrifice it took like I knew I probably I could probably would have done pretty well in in darts so I was up there for in the youths anyway like I was getting to to European semi or to European quarterfinals and so on but Jeez. um 
yeah, that was one of my last tournaments in Antwerp over in Belgium. And then kind of from there, I just kind of fell out of love of it. But as I said, I was playing it, playing so much, you know, and you're away every weekend. And then just other things in life as well, I kind of had to start working and all that, so. Mm-hmm. No, that's 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 very interesting. Um, and look, I I I want to kind of delve into this now because I think it's important. Um, and I have spoken to people about this, uh, who have been in similar situations. But I know you, you dropped out of college. Um, you know, college isn't for everyone. You know, people go different ways and different routes. Yeah. Um, and you've done extremely well and become very successful in in uh, in the route you're doing now in in bodybuilding and an online online business. At the time, though, can you remember how you felt? Um, did you feel lost and disconnected with with your friends, perhaps? Mm, I don't know, to be honest, really. I still kept in, like, I still went down to UNUL kind of two years later, didn't I? Yeah. I went down to Paddy and Eric and the lads. Like. <laughs> um, so that was it for a while. And then I ended up moving. I just had a weekend job, so I ended up spending most of my time up in Galway then with my other friends, you know, Um so I, to be honest, you, your college friends, yeah, but then I like quite a lot of friends back home anyway. I still kind of still kept in touch with everyone for years, really, till I kind of went traveling. But again, yeah, it was just that was kind of one of the harder parts, isn't it? That's what you feel like. It wasn't really the college course or anything I was missing or I didn't feel like, right, that's it now. I, I'm, I'm never going to have a degree or anything like that. It was more so the, the friends you'd have down there and the lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. You you were definitely uh, still uh, still experiencing that, so that wasn't it wasn't too bad in that regard. <laughs> Dragged another couple of years out of it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I suppose on on just on the other side of it, like, did you maybe that didn't allow you so to kind of um, struggle with loss of identity and things? Because you know the way as you grow up, you're always told or guided towards college, and some people might go to college. But do you experience anything like that? yeah a lot of it you know it's it's I don't know it was one of them things in the first I never knew what I wanted to do anyway I literally went because everyone else was going most people don't it's very difficult to make a decision yeah. then like obviously like I was doing I was doing like something similar to what I'm doing at the moment you know with nutrition and um all that kind of thing but to be honest I literally did it because I, I went to college because everyone else was going that was the reason behind it it wasn't because I wanted to go I kind of felt almost that I was meant to go and if you didn't go that you're, yeah, you're, I don't know, that was just kind of the way it was put into you at that age. Yeah, it's, I just find it interesting because I still don't know what I want to do. You're still trying to t- tread the water, you know, like it's, it's yeah. amazing how you end up, you go to college and maybe if you like the course, you stick it out and then you find yourself in the job and you're, it's, uh, it's weird how it, how it happens. Did you kind of struggle any bit uh, in the uh, post that period, you know, trying to figure out what you wanted to do? I did for sure, man. I've worked about I've worked about twenty jobs since then. You know, like I went. Um, what did I do after that? I think my next job, I I went to like delivering. I was delivering like pizzas and stuff there for a while back in Ennis Diamond, um, and that's when I was work, I was doing that weekends and going up to my friends in college in Galway, like Monday to Friday, back down to work Friday evenings all day Saturday, all day Sunday, then back to Galway again. So I was still making an income, and living the college lifestyle then as well, um, and then. I went from there to Boston Scientific in yeah. Galway. Yeah, because I loved Galway when I was up there with them, so I got a job in Galway. What did you do there? I was doing, I was coating heart stents in, um, in, yeah, just in Boston Scientific, pharmaceutical company there. I just went in, got a job. I was on night shift, so only la- I think I lasted about nine or ten months. It was just a bit hectic, you know. 
So I went back to Le Hinch Golf Club then to caddy there. I was caddying there since I was about 10 in the summers um, for all the Americans coming over. And from there, I think when that finished then, because it's only seasonal, obviously, then I went to, where to I go from there? I worked at a bookies and a bookmakers in Ennis Diamond. And then as I, I was double jobbing for them, so I was working for them and I was in um, a petrol station oil company there in Ennis Diamond as well, kind of going from one to the other. I, I've always, I've always worked like, you know, I've always loved working. Um, so maybe that's as well why I didn't enjoy college. You know, I always liked having an income. What and do you think you've, you've learned from, from that experience, from those jobs and all that? Because you, you kind of had to grow up very quickly when you're, you were, you know, you're making income. You know, I know guys or, or girls would have a weekend job in college, but, you know, you're working effectively full time. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. You know, I, I love being busy. I hate being idle. I'm all... <laughs> is that something like you know i'm always doing something and it's just the way i've always been so i've kind of always worked and maybe that was one of the reasons as well why i didn't enjoy college because i just felt like i wasn't i wasn't doing a whole lot you know you get quite lazy it's easy to get lazy in college as well oh it is uh, Jesus. <laughs> so it's just one of them things and then from there then i was double job and then i moved out to canada and it if you had to look back, what did you learn from all those jobs? I know you, you, you were saying you, you liked it, but what kind of qualities or what life skills do you think you, you can take away from, from that period of your life? Well, it's just it's structure and routine, really, isn't it? You know, um, obviously, like working night shifts was different. That was tough. Character um, building, would you say? Yeah, well, that'd be, that'd be another one, too. You know, you have to get to, you know, you have to kind of settle in places pretty quick. And then when you're moving, I was moving around so much as well. I just couldn't get settled anywhere. I really enjoyed it. So that was another thing as well. Just trying to adapt to different jobs and over and back. And again, I'd never, I found it hard to find anything that I actually enjoyed. You know, I was making, even in Boston Scientific, I was making good money. You know, it's a good paying job. But um, again, that wasn't enough for me to keep me there for years and years. I just, I knew that none of them jobs were kind of for me long run. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Why, why? Why did you get into bodybuilding? Just really, it was just one of them. It just kept me busy. It was one of them things I loved. I always loved, um, I love seeing progress as well in something. And obviously with bodybuilding then, it's one of them sports where you will see, you'll see progress pretty quick if you put in the work. So it was one of, it's, it's kind of one of them addictive things, you know, as well, when you see yourself start to change and obviously you feel better, you feel healthier, you feel happier. Like I've never came out of the gym thinking I wish I didn't go in there, you know? So it was one of them things and I just felt I found myself going more and more as I got older. Um, and as I could, you know, as you get stronger and all that kind of thing, you start feeling stronger, you start getting a few compliments, all that kind of thing. And before you know it, you're just, you're just in love with it. What's it like preparing for these bodybuilding events? Look, I know you're, you're doing the training, uh, but what's the psychological struggle like? Oh, it's intense, you know, you're starved <laughs> for a lot of it. Uh, you're yeah. starved. You like that's where time management time management really comes in there you know like if you're because i was like i was one of my the last show i did i was prepping in limerick living in living in ennis diamond so i was driving an hour to the gym and an hour back before before work Jesus. i was up at like 4 30 a.m because there was no real gym up around my area that was actually good enough you know when it came to equipment and machines um 
like there's in Clare, obviously there's a couple of good gyms in Clare now, but back then a few years back, I used to go to the bodybuilding every like five mornings a week. And my trainer was down there as well, Blue Shinners. So I used to go down to him um, five days a week. He used to get up about 5.30 or safe. Yeah, kind of five, between four or five, depending on what time I started work. Um, some mornings there I could be working at 10 a.m. And I used to have to get a good session in before that. I'd go down and do my cardio. Um, and then you have to do your meal prep, obviously. And then you could, you could after work again, it could have been going back to catch up on cardio. I didn't get done in the morning. So it's just, it's time management. And obviously then when you're, you're hungry as well, your calories are quite low when you're getting down to the lower end. Um, you could be down on a couple, like you could be down on well under 2000 calories, you know, um, which would be probably half of your maintenance when you're that weight. And you're, you, you start getting, I've had, I remember having dizzy spells, all that kind of thing, you know, you feel like you physically feel, you're, you feel sick at times, you know, you're just, there's times there when you're eating literally chicken and rice, or chicken and veg three, four times a day. And you're craving as well. That's another one, you know, when you're out and about, your missile social events is another big thing. You have to be physically strong for that, you know, like I remember all my friends going off to, going off back into college and everything. Um, the show was around the time of my birthday in October. So everyone is back to college kind of the end of September, you know? So my last two weeks of that last show, um, the last two weeks, people were like, everyone was going out and about, everyone was going back to college, everyone was out drinking, eating, and there I was at home, starved on the couch, <laughs> you know? So it's just, just things like that, you know? It, it, that's where the mental part of it comes in. And I was caught a few shows after that as well. You know, I just didn't have the, the mental strength to get through it. And I had to pull out of a couple of preps. Yeah. 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 There was a couple of times there. Um, just, I did just, I be honest and more, more or less the ones in lockdown. I doubt they really killed me, you know, and it just kept moving them back and back. It's hard to stay mentally focused for something, you know, it'd be like say prepping for whatever, for any, any sport, you know, if you're prepping for a fight even, and you're you're meant to be fighting in a in a month, and all of a sudden that fight is pushed back. Your camp is extended another four weeks or whatever. That's another four grueling weeks, and you and then it's pushed back again. You just start to like fall, like you don't trust the process anymore, and you're wondering is it worth it? All these things kind of come in, and it's it, that's when it gets easy to kind of give up. Um, you just to we'll take a back step there. You were saying you used to be up and down to to Limerick, you know, before you started work. So those early morning training sessions, did you find them good? Um, like, what's your opinion on early morning training sessions? Do you still do it? I At the moment, no. My routine at the moment, it's all about, it just depends. It doesn't matter what time of the day you train, you know. Once It's whatever suits you and easiest for yourself. So it's just my routine at the moment is I get up, I'll do a couple of hours, hours work. Um, I'll get a couple of meals in and then I'll train, you know. Um, whereas I've went through phase in the past as well sometimes if you're working say 6 a.m which i used to at times um i would have trained in the evening just it, it, it doesn't really matter it's just down to personal preference what suits you mm -hmm. no no definitely out of curiosity i was just wondering what um did you like the early morning sessions i suppose the hardest thing is to get out of bed and get on the road that's it. yeah so one thing i did enjoy was faster cardio i used to love doing faster cardio um like i used to love just getting out of bed early getting out to the beach in the hinch do my 45 minutes hour cardio and then back home, eat and into work, you know, because it's well, when you're hungry, it just extends your day a little bit more, you know, instead of waking up and having your first meal, you had a bit of food, a few calories left for later on. So that was an, another reason why I would have trained, trained a bit earlier as well. But at the moment I, I have no reason to, so I just kind of train in between check-ins and so on, whenever it suits me. 
What were those sessions like on the beach, the cardio sessions? A lot of it was just, um, see, I was lucky enough when I was younger. I used, to, I used to lose body fat quite quickly. So it was all low impact, steady state, like just literally a brisk walk. Um, which is, it's a lot easier to be doing that now when you're hungry than at times I've had to be, you know, cross trainers, stair masters, all that kind of thing. And the body fat just won't come off at times. So that's when it gets frustrating. But back then it was just all, all getting counting steps. And how many steps were you getting in every day? It was, um, you know, we say, we say in the lead up to, to, um, to you know, to competitions, how many steps would you be aiming to get in every day? I know they recommended they always say ten thousand steps, but yeah, what's your it, opinion it, on that? It it all depends on how lean you are, how far out you are, kind of all that thing as well. Um, even when I'm dealing with clients now for photo shoots or someone trying to get lean for a holiday, it's more it more so depends on energy expenditure. You know, there's no real amount, so you're kind of giving them a time or a heartbeat, a heart rate to hit. You know, it's easier to get someone to do thirty minutes at say 130 beats per minute on a, on a bike. And then, you know, if they're not losing weight quick enough, you have to up it next week to 35. But again, some people will get away with doing like, say a 45 minute brisk walk and so on. Um, just things like that. But again, stepwise, I'd always be telling people 10,000 a day. So. And how, 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 I suppose the biggest thing that people, you know, would, uh, would have to deal with is, is cravings. Like how have you dealt with cravings, you know, in the lead up to, you know, to shows and, and, and targets you want to hit? So what I do when I stay from hungry, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of low calorie sauces and all that kind of thing out there as well. Um, protein bars, all that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's a tough one, you know, it's something there you just, at times you just have to get through it. There's sometimes nothing you can do about it. Diet, like diet drinks are a massive thing for me. What do you mean diet drinks? What, what, what do you mean like diet 7-Up, Diet Coke, all them kind of oh, things. Yeah. You know, monsters, monster zero, all them. They'd like they'd be my craving killer now is a, a diet drink. So look, we're we're moving on now. We we have a long more left. How do you deal with the days you don't want to train? Um, you know, especially when self-talk dips in because look, naturally we're all human, we're all gonna deal with self-talk and we all we're all gonna have days we don't want to train. How do you deal with that? It's just down to motivation, isn't it? Um, and that's where routine comes in as well. You know, that's another thing there. Once you have your routine set, you'll usually stick to it. Like self-talk comes in a little bit less. But again, you're always going to have them bad days, as you said. And it's just down to motivation. Like if there's times there when you just really couldn't be bothered going, you know, you know the traffic's going to be bad over here. Um, it's going to take you an hour to get there, an hour and a half to train, an hour to get home. And But again, so you just kind of have to do it, you know. Um, you'll always have them days. Look, you could be half hung over there with another day. Um, you know it's right to train. So that's one thing that I've just taught myself, just to kind of get on with it, get through it. Ask yourself why you're doing it, you know, is it, and you know yourself after you do it, you're going to feel so much better anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that I always know is um, you might want to do it now, but you'll be delighted you did it after. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's just trying to, trying to it's just getting, getting, doing it is, is the thing. And especially when you have to probably travel to, to location is, is even worse again. This is something I've uh, I've floated with with personal trainers before, um, whether it be on the podcast or, or uh, just in, in in conversation, and it's, it's quite interesting to get their feedback on on it. Um, do you think you know to give personal training advice or, or you know or, or nutritional advice, whatever the case may be? Do you think you need to be in in good shape, um, in order to do that? 
Um, it's, I think you definitely should. Like my thing, I, a big thing to me is practice what you preach, you know? Um, mm. That's more important because at the moment I wouldn't say I'm in brilliant shape myself. You know, I'm after going through like a, I'm after going through like a six month absolute bulk, you know? Um, obviously I'm still going to hold shape. You still always have visible abs and so on. But to myself, I wouldn't think I'm in brilliant shape at the moment, but I know I have been, you know, I've been kind of five, 6% body fat before I've been through bulks, anything, you know, and you, you should have definitely been through it, but then, you know, yourself, some of the most, some of the best like preachers, some of the best, um, say what PTs, the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable of them, they, they aren't in the best of shape. You know, it's like soccer, like, the best, the best players in the world aren't always going to make the best coaches either, you know. But again, it definitely does help for business. Obviously, people will trust you if you're in shape and you're talking to them to pick up to pick up more clients. It'll help. But again, it's one of them things. I'd listen to anyone if someone was giving me advice. Just because they're not in the best shape in the world doesn't mean I wouldn't listen to them. Um, chances are, I'd probably listen a little bit more if it was someone treaded to the bone giving me advice on how to get lean. But again, I, I'm always kind of fairly open. Yeah, kind of, it really depends. So it's kind of take a, a bit of both, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's it. To be open to, to both things. Uh, look, you've learned, you've lived in a number of different countries. Uh, we touched on, uh, we didn't kind of go into too much detail, but I'd like to just get your opinion on what you've learned uh, from training in each of those countries. You know, whether you worked in the in the in the fitness industry or not. But what did you learn? Because you're obviously training when you're when you're living in those countries. Yeah, so it's it's all it's pretty similar everywhere you go. Um, it's more so routine. Some places it's more like in Dubai. You know, it's fairly um. How how would you say it? Like like in you walk in walking into a gym here, every like ninety nine percent of people are in incredible shape. You know, mm-hmm. whereas if you walk into a gym in in Canada, like where I was, I was living in Toronto or Whistler, um, in Vancouver, like the like it's not half as daunting to walk in there. Whereas over here, it can be a little bit more daunting. New Zealand as well was fairly fairly laxy daisy as well. When it comes to equipment wise, Dubai is the best I've ever seen. You know, the gyms here are unbelievable. It's like they're they're really first class, and it can be quite harder in the bigger in the other places I've been then to find them. You know, I said Toronto had some pretty good ones. Um, but yeah, definitely it can, it's a little more daunting here than than anywhere else I've ever trained myself. And he and you know you like you are in in, in excellent shape. In fairness, I know you might think you are no, but you are like you know compared to to I suppose to normal normal person. Um, did you kind of feel it feel daunted? Did you find you feel it daunting at the start going into some of those gyms? Yeah, hundred percent. I did. Like I remember, I was staying in a hotel for the first while, and I actually chose to train in the hotel gym and go to some of the bigger ones. You know, just because, like I'd seen obviously from Instagram and everything, you see everyone in the gyms over here. So you're, and it's another thing as well, body dysmorphia. Ninety nine percent of people suffer from it. Um, you're never like you're never really happy. No one's ever like extremely happier with the, how they look anyway and that's one thing i've dealt with with some people are making incredible progress but then again they just find they're they're never happy you know they're all like everyone's striving for more not that it's a bad thing but again i think you should always kind of celebrate your small wins along the way and realize the progress that you're making and that's another thing that's important but definitely over here i did feel a little bit daunted but give it two or three days in there i didn't really care you know you just go and do your own thing that's interesting no that's that's definitely interesting um and in regards to self-image, so that kind of f- feeds into the self-image. And how would you 
help your your clients through that struggle if they have are you know if they are uh, experiencing something similar you know whether it's in in ireland or or wherever the case may be yeah you know it's 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 all over the world it's not just over here um but it's it's one of them things that again it i've i've been through it most of my life you know i look back on pictures from say three years ago and say jesus i actually i was hard on myself back then um so with clients it's just about showing them the progress they've actually made whether it's showing them numbers on a weight loss chart. Um, to be honest, mentally more than anything is the most important thing, I think. You know, no matter how you look, you should be, you should be kind of, if you're feeling better, that's progress. You know, if your mental health is better, um, it's a lot more important than physical health, if you ask me. Um, and with that as well, you could you look, you can cut together two pictures six weeks apart. You mightn't see any difference yourself because you're looking at yourself all day, every day. Whereas if you look at yourself six weeks apart, you're, apart, you're going to see a change where you, you might see it at the time. So it's just showing people the likes of progress photos. That's why I find it so important to have them because it's one thing I know myself, when I was growing up, I never wanted to take them. I never wanted to send them, but it was the best thing I ever did, even if it was just keeping them up for myself and my own phone, is to see progress because a lot of the time you will not notice it. Um, again, if it's just tracking numbers on a weighing scales, keep a, a graph like, if you could be down a kilo every week, you might be thinking, if you're losing a pound, a pound a week, say for, for for a 12 week plan, you're going to be down the guts of a stone. You know, it doesn't sound like much, but you're going to be down 12 pounds in 12 weeks, which is say if you have quite a bit of weight to lose over over a year, you're going to lose about four stone at that rate, which is life changing, you know. So you can really change your life with very minor changes in a week. In regards to the calorie intake, um is it is it as straightforward as reduce calorie intake and increase exercise or you have to is there a bit more to that there's it's it, there is depending on the level you're at you know if you want like say for even like a footballer and so on you're kind of looking more into say fuel performance all the kind of thing it's all well and good trying to get lean but again if your performance is dipping if that's taking a hit um little things like that obviously in regards to in the bodybuilding side of it, if you're trying to get lean, it's not just about calories. It's going to be more so about protein intake, carbohydrates, and um, pre-workout meals, post-workout meals. When you have your calories, you know, if you're loading your calories, you're probably more than likely going to, if you're trying to grow, you're probably going to put them around your workout, you know, pre-workout, post-workout, things like that. So it does get a little bit more complicated, but it, like you work, Aaron, like you're, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. You know, if you're in a calorie surplus, you're going to gain weight. So if you're look, if you want to drop a quick bit of weight, you'll get away with it uh, to a certain extent by dropping, by eating less and doing more. And in regards to, sorry, what you want to say? Yeah, same, same with trying to gain weight. Do, you know, train, like eat more, eat more calories than you're burning and you're going to gain weight. And in around alcohol, um, obviously I know, I know you don't really drink much um, only on, on occasions if you might have a small bit but how would you like how do you kind of help people around that because I know look in, in Ireland and wherever the case may be there is a culture of of having one or two drinks how do you kind of um, navigate your clients around that again it comes down to uh, one very good way is just kind of you know limiting like the types of food you're having around it can be quite important you know like i generally kind of whatever it is maybe drop carbs every client is different too but it's it's not something i'd back anyone away from like for a while there you know growing up i was i made as much progress as ever kind of even when i was going out once a week you know growing up every still now 
Christmas, I'll go home, could drink a few times in a week. But again, you just have to be a little bit more mindful of your food. But again, it's not something you should really restrict yourself from because like anything, you can go back on it and you can binge hard, you know, whether it's from food cravings, whether you get to taste of alcohol again, anything like that. So I would never really restrict anything fully if you didn't have to. Um, so a big thing about it is just kind of the following day is when I find most of the damage is done. When you're hungover, if you can prep your meals the night before, have your food ready to go and you eat pretty well the day after, you're, you're going to be okay, you know. And once you're just not out shoveling food in your mouth all night as well, that'd help. But alcohol is not the biggest thing in the world. Kind of, if you limit it, just still go out and enjoy yourself. As an online coach, what's your main objective? Just to help as many people as I possibly can, you know, in any way. Whether I said like a big one for me is mental, you know, if you can help someone mentally, you're really changing their life around. That's a big one. Um, to be honest, it, again, general population is what I like to deal with general population as well. Um, I'd never say no to anyone. If I feel I can help someone, I will. Um, I don't care who they are, whether it's my next door neighbor or some of the, I have a few celebrities over in America. Like, you know, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I treat everyone the exact same. Um, and that's just the way it is. That's the way it should be. And if you can help someone, you, you should try. 100%. So that'd, be the, that'd be the thing. 100%. In regards to mental health, um, have you, like, how do you keep your mental health in check? Because I, I can imagine, I can only imagine how difficult it is when you're, you know, when you kind of increase in food take and you might feel sluggish at times. How do you deal with your mental health? Because look, we all have physical health and we all have mental health. It's just one of them things at the moment, you know, like even when you are, you're not feeling the best because you're, you know, you're, but again, it's, it's easy change. You know, I, the way I know is a couple of like, look, a good month, but a good month of doing anything, you will feel a whole lot better in yourself. I've been through it before. Um, and it's one thing I know it, it can change pretty, pretty quick. You know, you can change everything. You can change your physical health and mental health in a pretty short space of time if you really want to. So that's one thing now why I've just kind of committed to it. Um, and I'll talk my clients through that as well. You know, if anyone's afraid of gaining a little bit of weight, someone comes to me to want to gain muscle. They're like, right, I don't want to, I don't want to gain weight. I was, I was heavy before and I wasn't happy. You know, that's where you kind of have to give them that little bit of a mental kick as well. You're saying, right, everything's under control. Um, and because I know myself, I've been through it, and you can, you can change your mental health and your physical health in a pretty short amount of time if you really want to. It's kind of the small wins, but it can be quite difficult when, you know, when the client's headspace probably isn't in it at that time. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, and you have to realize as well, you don't know what anyone's going through. Mm. Definitely. So. No, definitely, definitely. Um, and in regards to, Roy, you, you have a good, um, you have a very good online presence and fairness. Um, and just out of curiosity, have you ever experienced or, obtained any negativity or negative comments to be honest I, it's getting deep like, now like so we, we kind of held it off for a while like <laughs> not not directly to be honest i, I don't think so <laughs> i honestly god i honestly don't think so um i've never had any nothing out of badness anyway Do you know you obviously get a few a few, <laughs> a few sly remarks every now and again you know, uh, but no, other than that, never, I've never, not per, not directly to me anyway. And I don't think a whole lot has ever came back to me through anyone else. So no, that's one thing I've kind of been lucky enough, lucky enough with. Because uh, look, I know um, 
the you, you know the online business is obviously online um and so and through social media and and, and other um other forms but look i suppose we're, we're kind of old and all we can kind of see it but in your opinion what effect is it having on on you know on our mental health and the mental health of of the younger generation you know i suppose there's a fine line obviously not overuse it yeah it's, it is one of the things i try to you know it's i just like it was one of the things I kind of did like a big debunk on my my own page as well, what I was kind of following and so on, because you wouldn't be long like kind of thinking that you're not doing as well as you actually are. You know, there's a lot of fakeness on social media. I'm not a massive fan of it, to be honest. And I don't think I definitely wouldn't use it half as much if I wasn't, if I, my business wasn't based on it. You know, that's my only place to really get clients and so on. And obviously where to showcase results and all that kind of thing. Um, and another thing as well, it's just clients themselves sometimes want you to put up their progress. So it's something I have to use. Um, but if you look at my page, I'm not, a, I'm not a massive user of it. It's kind of like on my personal page, you'll probably see more about my clients than you see about myself. Yeah, you actually do. You do actually. That's a good point. Uh, just yeah. something I have never really been massive on it. Um, do you feel the, the social element of social media is kind of reduced significantly, you know, compared to, I suppose, what the initial aim of it was was meant to be it's kind of very marketing of brands now isn't it it is a lot of it is it's it's kind of gone it is definitely gone down that route it's 100 um and it's just because you, you can get such a big reach from it so there's more and more people kind of using it to that advantage but um it's definitely you now like it's it's not as personal as it used to be or anything like that as well when you set up the page, are you kind of um, are you planning in place how to approach it, or did it kind of evolve as as time went on? In what way, say, like to promote my set my own page? Yeah, yeah. Do you know how when you set up the business, had you plan on how to approach the social media aspect of it? I didn't really, to be honest, because it, it took off so it took off very very quickly for me. Um, it wasn't one of them things that I was ever I hadn't anything planned. And it was until I kind of got, I got someone then I hired someone to kind of help me run my social media page and kind of give me pointers on what to do, you know, with um, in regards to how often to be posting. And I'm still I still don't post half as much as I should. Like you should be putting up something every day. I might show up one or two a week. But um, it's one of the things I'm still not very good at is um, running the social media side of it. But I have someone else in the background now. Um, just kind of going through rebranding and all that kind of thing. So probably by the time this is released, should be able, that should be kicked off as well. But it's definitely going to be a lot more um, interactive on it. I'm putting out a lot more information and pointers and stuff, you know, just to the general public, instead of like at the moment, everything is just kind of aimed towards my clients. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And in regards to, um, you know, in regards to growing a social media page, you know, what do you, what have you seen that has worked for you? Um, to be honest, most of it comes from clients, um, client transformations and putting things up there off my clients and so on. You'd always see after you put up someone, if they tag you in something, that's when you start to get an influx of followers or so on. Still, I still don't have a massive following or anything like, you know, but um, the main thing is most of the people that are coming to me, I, I can actually benefit. It's um, usually a lot of them will kind of, that do follow me, will interact with me. They might have a question for me, you know, which I've no problem in the world answering. So that's one thing, like most people um, coming to me are definitely benefiting something from it. Um, I used to put up a lot more informative videos 
But that's, again, as I said, that's something I will be doing more of. That was another thing that really kicked me off. Um, and obviously, as well, when I was on the TV, I was working for a TV show in America. Um, that was quite early. And that was, I was only about a month in when I got onto that. Like, literally just started coaching for a bit about a month. And as well, I got quite a few followers from that. <clears throat> and a lot worldwide as well. Like, so clients kind of all over the place now, um, which again brings on kind of a, a bit of an influx of followers nothing crazy but then they were the main things for me but definitely need to be more content creative just on that uh that tv show in america um how how did that come about and how did it go or is it still going i mean you tell me about well, it yeah it is still going um so what happened was um i literally just started off to see i don't know they contacted me just went on did like a Sent them a C did ask for a CV and stuff like that. Went onto their page, did a live for their community group on Facebook. Um, and did a live on their Instagram as well. They just asked me, did I want to start coaching people for them? Which was obviously a massive help for me starting off so early in it because I didn't have the, the client leads coming to me at the time. So now um that kind of that was a building block. And in the end, I ended up leaving it because I just completely went on my own, you know, completely independent because I was so busy with my own clients and that was always my, my number one goal was to provide the best service possible to anyone working with me. Um, that was no doubt a massive experience, a massive help for you though at the start, wasn't it? The way things kind of work out. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What's your opinion on um, the fitness market and I suppose more specifically the PT market or online coaching market been a congested market what's your feeling on that because that would be the kind of the perception out there or is it maybe it's not yeah it is like you know it's like there's nearly as many coaches now as, as there's people looking for coaching these days and it, it is it's very very congested at the moment isn't it it's very competitive you know so again that's why you have to be on the ball at all times as your reputation is everything in this you know so you have to be out there and as i said my marketing should be a whole lot better than it, than it is um and that's kind of, that'll be me leveling, leveling up then. I've been lucky enough, I haven't, I've been getting so, like, it, a lot of it is built on renewals and referrals for me. So, you know, if you provide a good service, people are going to be sending you their, their friends, their family, all that kind of thing, you know. Um, so that is one thing where I've been very, very lucky. And one reason why I'm so happy I, I did start off quite hard and gave 110% from day one. So it, 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 it was very helpful as well. Um in regards to the way lockdown, wasn't it? The way everything kind of locked down, and then you had the American company, the American TV show. Um, but again, at the, on the flip side of that, you know, those things won't happen, or you won't be where you are today if you didn't put in the hard work. So, both of those things could have uh, could fell away very quickly. Well, I suppose we probably wouldn't have had them opportunities in the first place, would I? You know, if they weren't seeing results, they wouldn't have contacted me. Um, obviously the referral side of it like I look I know a lot of people who kind of started off online coaching and lasted a couple of months they weren't making an income so they've given it up you know I kind of I went through that I went through my savings almost everything you know um, like as I said for my first few months everyone's coaching everyone for free I had no income and I was still doing it for free I didn't care I loved it, it didn't bother me one bit I was happy I was happy out there doing plans for people and to me the rewarding thing is people coming back to you, you know telling you you're talking to everyone and they're all coming back saying, oh, I feel great, you know, not even about the scales and so on. They're like, geez, I feel so much better. And um, my fitness is up, all these kind of things, you know, that's more rewarding to me than the money. Um, do you find it difficult um, working with 
with women now, you know, because obviously you're a male and, and all that. Do you find any, and do you find it different work with, with females compared to males? Not really, to be honest. Um, not me. It makes no difference. My client base is probably 50 50. And I'll never, I'll never, I probably never will just specialize in one in one gender. It makes no difference to me, you know. Everyone's the same. If someone puts in the work, um, they'll they'll get the results at the end of the day, no matter no matter male, female, it makes no difference whatsoever. Um, obviously there's a few different things you have to learn. Like there's a little bit more study into the female hormone side of it and so on. Um, because you know yourself. They like the just their, their hormones are so much more um sensitive to males. That's a big thing, you know. Like the weight fluctuation, all them things happen. You just know I need to know a little bit more, and kind of as well. Just yeah, it's just one of them things. It makes no difference if someone puts in the work, they will get the results. Mm, definitely, definitely. Um, so you actually just, need that trust in them as well for them to actually come out and tell you them personal things. So yeah and how, how how do you kind of break how do you break down that barrier um because you know i can imagine it might be difficult for some girls to open up to, to guys but of course like a lot of people like it's i don't know it's just one of them things um i try to be approachable um i set the standard from day one you know and you can talk to me at any time not just your check-in if you have a problem you text me let me know um i'll help you out so i suppose look people just learn to trust you you know you know yourself um it's just one of them things Mm-hmm. No, definitely. It's up to them if they want to talk to you about it or not. If someone was to ask you, um, why should they go with you as as a as a online coach or a personal trainer? Yeah, what's actually before we go to that? What's your opinion on being described as online coach or personal trainer? Are they both the same thing, or are they both? No, there's, there's, I don't know. There, it's, there's a big difference, really. Um, like I, I myself, I love the online side of it because I can be a little more flexible myself. I can go anywhere whenever I want, you know. Um, that'd be one of my reasons as well. And I just, I can work with a lot more people in a day than I could if I was a PT, and you know, so I can help more people that way. Um, and then it's a little bit, it's there's a good difference because obviously you don't have to be with them in person. Another reason why, and another reason why I myself always had online coaches. Um, was because you come out, you have someone 24 7 you know if you have a good coach you can contact them they should give you like you should be able to contact them at any time whereas sometimes like when i had pts and stuff in the past the only time i could ask them a question was when i was with them for the hour so that's one thing one reason i i do like it and it's one reason why i i prefer to deal with people like that perfect and if someone was to ask you why should they you know the fact the market is congested why do you think they should should uh, you know focus or, or maybe use your services as an online coach? Again, it's, I don't know. Do you know, I I'd probably chat to the person first before if I think like if I, I'll have a chat with him. Look, if I can help him, then I'd start advising them why and tell them how I can help them. But um, it's again, it's one of them kind of screening things, isn't it? Do you know, if if you if I felt that I would be no use to you or you need to go to someone else, I'd tell you straight up. Um, but like say ninety nine percent of the time you will be able to help them in some way so it's just one of them things you just kind of need to get them to know them a little bit more before you could really answer that question true true no definitely definitely um we're coming towards the end now uh dara so i won't, I won't keep it too long more although i've happy to say that but uh <laughs> we're, we're nearly there now um if you had to you know look back how did the perception differ to the reality of putting you know your life out there on social media 
I know you you don't as much as other people, but you know still. Yeah, again, it's it's something I was never a, a massive fan of, but now, actually, to be honest, it's grand. You just get the hang of it. You know, it's you know yourself. Your first podcast is probably. You still be half nervous putting up a post on Instagram at times as well. That's what I know I am. But um, it's one of the things you just have to get used to. And again, at the end of the day, it's my business base. So I, I know I have to do it. So mm-hmm. it's again, but it's, it's not as bad. I used to be terrible at it. Now I, I don't mind as much. But um, certain topics, you know, you sometimes you question yourself as well. Am I right? Or, you know, everyone has a different answer in, in this industry. Everyone has a different perception on something. So, you know, every time you put up a post, you're probably going to upset a few people with your opinions or whatever. But um, it's something that it's getting better at it. Definitely. Definitely. And if you're not upsetting someone, you're not doing something right. So it's, it's good <laughs> when you upset a few people. Um, how do you deal with anxiety and how do you feel like what would be your release mechanism um keep it on top of it you don't let it build up in the first place that's my main one um the main time is when you just when you know when you're very busy and you know you're kind of short of time and so on and um, that'd be a big one so i just like to i'm i just that's why i work every day of the week you know just don't i never fall behind and that's one thing i just try to avoid anxiety um but another good thing obviously exercise is a massive thing for it um whether it's looking out for a walk putting in a bit of putting in the earphones and going out for a stroll or going to the gym you know so that'd be that'd be my main one but i generally try not to let it build up in the first place would you get much sleep every night would you be like would you be rigid about getting with eight hours or nine hours sleep a night or would that vary yeah Yeah. i I was i was so bad for like i I was literally living off maybe three two three four hours a night you know um especially when I was in New Zealand because it, it, like the hours were so different. But most of my clients being back home, so they were checking in from, say, 9, 10 o'clock at night. So then I was up all night replying to them, and then I was literally living up broken sleep. But it, it was, it's just one of the things that's not healthy. You know, I can't be telling people to get eight hours sleep a night and to be living up two and three hours myself. So it's one thing I really have prioritised, and that is why now I try to have more structure in my workday. Mm-hmm. No, and to be honest, been probably been based here in uh, in in Dubai really is beneficial in that regard because you're not too far away from everything. Time zone exactly. wise, yeah, one hundred percent. And as well, you know, when you wake up in the morning, if I'm up at six a.m., it's two a.m. back home, so I have all day to kind of catch up and everything as well. So if I get into bed at ten, if I can have my days done at ten, I know it's still early enough back home. You'll always wake up with a few questions or whatever in the morning, but um it's still it's still plenty of time you know to, to have your own bit of time in the morning get set for the day and then you're off again so it's it's one thing i've definitely focused on is sleep would you be up early in the mornings would you be in the morning person or uh, it, it varies yeah i would be I, i'd never be up too late like you know i'd be up before eight every morning anyway brilliant brilliant um right this might be a bit deep of a question though but how and I think you've probably highlighted already. And um, by the time this podcast will come out, you'll this uh, this question will be answered. But how do you ensure that you stay relevant and aren't lost in within the industry? Just upgrading your knowledge. You know, just making sure that that you're, you're that you always know enough that you can answer everyone. Make sure that you just don't let the just don't let your service dip. If you can keep a steady service, you would keep a steady business. Like, but again, if you just stay 
go through. Look, it's easy. You know, in January, where you have everyone coming in, you have a big influx of whatever of signups and so on. Your income is going to be a bit better. So it can be very easy around December, January to lay off things because you get a little bit comfortable. But again, that shouldn't matter. Like you shouldn't be money motivated anyway. And um, if you can just keep putting out a good service, you're going to stay relevant. You'll always be relevant. If people are happy with your service, you're always going to get more people coming to you. Um, and in order to do that as well, you have to keep up with the times, you know, keep studying, always try to better your business, whether it's your brand, whether it's your knowledge. Um, like you never know everything in this, you know, so you just, you should always keep open to learning. Um, but service is a big thing. Look, nobody knows what the future holds, but um, if I asked you this a couple of years ago, God knows what either of us would have said. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in an ideal world, or look, as it stands now, where would you like to see yourself in the next five years? To be honest, I'm not having a notion. I honestly got having a clue. I, I live day to day. Um, I love traveling and everything, so God only knows. Literally, God only knows. Hopefully, running even uh, like a pretty successful business, you know, and quite comfortable with everything. I'm still improving lives, but I, I, I can see myself doing this for, for quite a while yet. Um, I'd love to go down a few other avenues as well, obviously, just for a bit of variation. But uh, having a clue, I honestly, but somewhere, somewhere down along these lines. When you say other avenues, would it still be within obviously the online coaching world, perhaps? working with businesses or I don't know something like that or have you ever thought of it yeah well of course you know you always have to be open to everything and as well you know how quick things change um mm. like who would have thought online coaching would have been a big thing say what five ten years ago as big as it is now so no one really knows um it's just well, yeah it's just it's just one of them things isn't it you just, you don't know what's around the corner as we said with COVID and all that I think that was a massive thing for online coaching obviously because um gyms not being open and PTs weren't accessible and so on. But again, you just you don't know how it's going to change. But um, again, look, it's nice to have a bit of variety too. Yeah, definitely. Be, be on your toes. Yeah, exactly. Do you practice visualization, whether consciously or subconsciously? Probably do what you said, do you? Yeah, I, I would have always. You know, I'd always kind of know what I want. Um, in regards of, like, say, the smaller things, but not too far into the future. You know, keep things fairly realistic. But, um, you know, you should always have kind of a few goals in mind anyway and always keep visualizing them. Like I, I, like, did, for, like I started off, I remember sitting on the couch with my father there. Was it even a year ago? Or no, it wasn't a year ago. It was a little more. Maybe, say, about a year and a half ago. Um, sitting on the couch, my father, I've seen Dubai was on TV. I said, geez, I'd love to live there now in 10 years' time. And little did I know, six months later, I, I was living there, you know? Like, and that was a massive, massive achievement. Like I achieved my 10 year goal in, in six months. So to be honest, it's nothing I really like when I like I said, everything I do I work 100 percent towards, but it's just making making them quite realistic at the same time. Yeah, that's interesting to say that because I was the same. I was out one night and I was asked, Do you want to go to Dubai? And I said, Yeah, gone so <laughs> I haven't yeah, come yeah. back since. <laughs> yeah, things really quickly. Yeah, I always like to say I've always wanted to move away, but I suppose. Just, you know, circumstances and, you know, might as well take these opportunities while they're, while they're there. Right, two more questions. Mary, there no. Um, Is leaving a legacy important to you? Um, it's deep, no, very deep. I know that, but... 
I don't know. Look, obviously, everyone wants to, but um, again, it's one of the things you know. If I can, if even local, <laughs> a local legacy there around at this time, and I'd be happy out. But um, no, it's just it's one of them things. Um, obviously, you'd want to. Um, but again, yeah, you always always work towards that, I suppose. What would be two non daily, two daily non-negotiables? Work and working and. It, one of them things like even training if i don't feel like training sometimes i won't you know if the body isn't good um you should probably rest something like that but definitely try and upgrade your knowledge some bit anyway and just look if you're meant to be working do your work if i have check-ins to do they'll be done that day you know if i have a new plan to get done up that day it'll be done that day there's no two or no, no two doubts about it um another one then is kind of just always trying to educate yourself a little bit more or always try to improve yourself in some way mm-hmm. What would be a motto you live by or a kind of a saying or, or something that you kind of perhaps tell yourself? George, just take life as it comes because it can change quick. Just True. take it day to day now as well. That's all I've learned over the last few years. Just take things as they come. True, true, true. Look, yeah, a couple of years ago, it probably would have been something different. Look, Dara, thanks very much for taking time out. I know we uh, were trying to get this over the line for a while. I appreciate it. And I think we covered a good bit. And I would uh, definitely recommend your services because like you you highlighted at the start of the podcast, being there for your clients um, is, is highly important. And you have been when I uh, when I availed your services there a couple of uh, couple months ago before I, I put on the Dubai stone again since, <laughs> since coming <laughs> over. <laughs> but look, <laughs> look, Dara, thanks very much for taking time oh, out coming on Inside View podcast and best luck with everything going forward. Sound. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Dara. That is all from us on this week's episode. Please do get in contact with the show if you'd like to contribute any way possible. Don't forget to rate, review and tell your friends family about the podcast. And do click follow or subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. It means a huge amount and it does make a massive difference to us. Be sure to follow us on social media to search on the ball team building or an inside view podcast and you'll find us. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week. We have another exciting guest. Till then, stay safe and remember, cred on it fan. Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.